0: And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. We are your hosts. I am Steven. He is Wally. He is David. Before I toss it over to the boys, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabease.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T A B E A S E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. David, I'll toss it over to you. You weren't here Monday because you're a nerd, but I hope you killed it. Paper, whatever. You probably got straight A's again because you're a nerd. But
1: how the hell are you? How are we doing, buddy? fantastic, just busy, but doing well. you have to tell us about how this went. was it a test? Was it a paper? How did you do?
2: No, it was like so I just started another new class so I got a got a 96 percent in the class I just wrapped up nerd. so did very well. Oh super nerd I know. but uh just started a new class and the first freaking week is like two projects, a quiz and like the stupid bullshit discussion posts and online classes. And oh, I was like the sitting worst. there with anxiety at the beginning of the week. Like, I don't know when I am going to do this. Like, I have no idea when I'm <laughs> going to get half of this stuff done. So I needed to take a, a bye week on the podcast and just knock some stuff out to make me feel like I'm not overwhelmed.
0: Now, is it like a whole class or is it one of those sped up shorter, like eight-week courses that are just it's like a 16-week course stuff in eight weeks?
2: It's a sped up class. It's an eight-week online class. So it's not. Like the last two that I've been in haven't felt like sped up, like heavy, whatever classes. There have been some, like um, the last class, there was like a final paper that I was kind of over anxious about that ended up being pretty easy to write, but really hasn't felt like a sped up class, but this one definitely is going to feel that way. Just feels like we've overvalued the amount of points available and undervalued what we're actually learning.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, you know what? Don't feel bad whenever you have to take time off. This is why we ultimately asked you to come on to begin with. Having three people, it allows us to do two podcasts a week. And if someone has something come up, there's a reason. Everybody at home probably noticed. We're all rotating in and out at times. It's hectic. And I mean, it's hard to explain to people at home. I, I know now, David, you're in this for six months. Steven, you've been with me for a few years. It is a lot of work to do this and prepare and actually not sound like morons because we can just show up and sound like idiots. And I mean, I do, I can't do that. I take i like, you know, we're, we're guys that take exactly. pride in what we now do. We sound when, like educated idiots. Yeah. Until we get to the gambling part and I get just my face kicked in. <laughs> hey, <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll get to that. We will get to that.
1: I'm literally so rattled this year. I'm like, I'm literally upset with myself. Like I, the last two years I have had massive stretches of like two or three like months in a row. Where I'm win, 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 win. And now all of a sudden I can't find one. This week you'll know oh. in my picks too. I've got all kinds of panic. <laughs> now
0: you're now you're kind of getting your sea legs here for this season. It's been a weird year. This is like that one off year. Even if it goes, I think we talked about it Monday. Fantasy, some of the lowest point scoring that it's seen seen in years. The amount of offensive points through the first six or seven weeks is the lowest in like 20 years or like something crazy like that. So it's all right. What in comes parody- up must come down.
1: We we talked about it last week, but there has there ever in our lifetime been so much parody in the NFL? It's a beautiful no. thing, but I mean awesome. they're truly there's not a team to any given Sunday, but that's never felt real. And now it does.
0: I mean, half the NFC playoff teams are three and four. And then you got another like four people on there that are three and four, which is normal for that at that point. So you know what? This is what we signed up for though.
1: Well, Stephen, how are you doing? We got to ask you that, and then we'll get rolling here. But you, oh, you always do. ask Thank us, you. and you don't you don't ever tell us about you. So let's hear about you, Stephen.
0: I like hearing about you guys. Enough about me. Uh, nothing. I'm ready for this weekend. Obviously, we have a lot of football. This is my last weekend of not doing anything probably till the third week in December. So I'm just gonna relax. Kylie, for some odd reason, gave me the green light to make a list of scary moves that we can watch. Obviously celebrating Halloween here, so. That's awesome. She fucked up. I'm not putting anything, the most brutal one I'm getting, and it's probably going to be the last one, American Psycho. That's like the furthest I'll go, because she'll have nightmares. Well, I also have the original first two Halloweens in there, so we'll see how that goes.
2: Knowing you. Psycho doesn't doesn't get me as bad as some of the really insane. I'm not a poppy, I'm not like a pop-up scare guy. Like, I refuse to watch horror movies. Because I just don't, I, I can't get enjoyment out of them. But American Psycho is like a cinematic masterpiece in most film circles, so that oh, one doesn't yeah. make
1: me as bad. See, well, that's I why expected, Halloween's so good. Sorry, Steve. Like I first keep two. I did, we're just off a little right now, where I just keep popping up right as you're talking. So I apologize. You're
0: good, baby. I anytime I can hear your voice, is a good day. So this is more than I'm used to hearing the first few minutes of the episode. So I'm. <laughs> i'm all in but that's why that's why the first two halloween's are awesome the first one was made in 78 you could only show so much or do so much on film that you're showing people in theaters that it's not like the new one like i was just saying i was watching or like even the rob zombie one so and they're cheesy so it's like they're almost funny i also threw tremors in there just to kind of ease it into the ease it into the like thriller aspect of everything i guess
1: see the way you worded it before though and you're like, I was only allowed to go so far in. I really just expected you to go rogue and throw like the original Texas chainsaw massacre on there, where it's just Ooh, a gore fest for two hours. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know why. I just thought that's what you were gonna do to her.
0: I was out to dinner with my cousin, her, and her brother last night, and he's like, What about Saw? And I was like, No, 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 no. She I probably love the will sauce. never let me she'll probably never let me watch show her movie again if I show her Saw.
2: Fair. Saw like skips movies it's like one and three are good and then like six and seven are good and then like the other two are some of the worst movies of all time and i don't know saw's so different although i did appreciate i think it's like saw seven they brought it <laughs> they brought together like all of the previous like million and a half movies and yeah. the storylines in them
0: yep you always have to tie it in together somehow yeah see that's one i haven't seen those in a while so i'm gonna have to like that. I want to watch Hereditary, which I've heard is, is uh, insane. Nope. Um nope. Yeah. See, that's exactly why I want to watch it. That's exactly why I want to watch it. See, I'm the I'm the guy who's fucked up when I like. I was growing up, I was watching horror movies by myself. Like I remember watching it by myself when it first came out. Yeah, I am psychotic.
1: I love scary movies, and I actually am with you. Where most of the time, I actually will love to sit in my room and watch a scary movie. And ironically, <coughs> this gonna sound David crazy, but go to sleep with it. Shit. I know, but here's the thing. Hereditary, you'll you'll know when you watch it. There's just some movies that hit you a little different in a negative way. And when I watched it, it's I mean, the last time I remember being that screwed up from a movie, and I mean, god, I was 27 years old. I was in yeah. on a covid break in my basement when covid was first bad. So I was stuck in my basement for 2 weeks. I'm like, "Oh, I'll watch some scary movies." Watch Hereditary. And I felt like a little kid. I'm like, I don't care if I have COVID. I'm about to go and find my parents and make them like throw me in the corner of the room for the rest of the night. It was that. Same bad. thing
0: with S- Sinister. Did that to me when I was in college. That's a I great was like, one, though. Holy, and that was yeah. It it was a great concept, but dude, that's a brutal movie.
1: It is, but it's great. David again it's looks good. like he's ready to jump out of his skin right no, now. I just
2: don't. I I can't <laughs> find in my brain, how anyone likes to be scared shitless. I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't get, I'm a psychopath.
0: Like situationally, I don't like to be scared. I'm like, Oh fuck. is like something going down or our house getting broken into like that. But for some reason, like I like the feeling of like having a nightmare and you wake up and you're like, Oh, that was sick. That's how I react. (laughs) I'm a psychopath. I know. I know. I love that. Put me, put me on the watch list. I love it. That's enough of scaring David and and the rest of everybody. (laughs) I don't think David's going to sleep tonight knowing who his other two podcast people are, the secret life we've been living. But let's give it some NFL news. Let's knock out this Monday night game here, which was a huge surprise. The Chicago Bears go up to the Gillette Stadium of the New England Patriots and give them a whooping 33 to 14. Justin Fields and that Bears offense looked like they had a really nice game plan and they decided to use it. And holy shit, did it work with a lot of designed runs, which, like me, I like to watch the Manning cast. They were calling that every other play, it feels like. But you know what? Holy shit, it was working. But is that really the story that that we want to talk about? Yes, Justin Fields probably had his best game of this year, arguably of his pro career. But Mac Jones throws an interception on, what, his second possession and then gets replaced by Bailey Zappi. then goes on to score a quick two touchdown run or two touchdowns in a row you think that they're cooking up some and then Chicago's defense takes over so David what's your bigger storyline here what Justin Fields was able to do or what's going on in the New England Patriots quarterback room
2: no I think the the bigger storyline is definitely the New England Patriots I'm still on the don't hype up the Bears train running back at quarterback you sure they can do better with QB runs and, and design QB runs but I'm still not on board. I'll bet against Chicago the rest of the season, even though I know they'll win a couple more games. But the whole New England storyline, I mean, Mac Jones looked terrible. He probably lost his job, maybe, unless Zappy looks terrible, and then Bill Belichick has quite the predicament at, in the QB room. But, uh, you know, I, I think Mac Jones losing his job a quarter and a half into coming back from injury, and what are we at? Eight weeks post-Pro yep. Bowl season. So you, you know, think he's like, going to get pulled again? He's, yeah, like he's the announced starter the starter.
1: Do you think they'll pull him again that fast?
2: I mean, if he plays terribly, I don't know. Here's the thing. How are you going to announce him the starter again if you pulled him after a quarter and a half?
1: He pretended, well, I'm I'm using air quotes for people at home, but because it could have been in the game plan, but he claims that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappe were both going to be involved on Monday. That's kind of hard to believe after you get pulled after a pick. Then you tell the press you're going to play him in the second half and he doesn't, it, it felt like a pool.
2: I just, I, he got pulled. He played terrible. Zappi looked incredible for uh half a quarter and then looked terrible. I just, this, this goes back to what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, which is Bill Belichick. Like I don't think Mac Jones is more than above average. I don't think Zappy's above average. And Bill Belichick makes these 16th best quarterback in the NFL look like they're, fringe top 10 guys all the time you, you saw it with Brissett. you saw it with Garoppolo you saw it with Matt Tassel you see it with Mac Jones now you see it with Zappy. it's like any of these quarterbacks that are just good enough to not consistently turn the ball over in like Nathan Peterman fashion all look 10 times better under Belichick
0: so if you look at the video of Mac Jones interception it looks like it actually hit this the cord of the sky cam which I thought was weird, but talk about that Justin Fields interception where it hit off someone's pad and it went a perfect spiral right into the linebackers' hands. That was the wildest thing I've ever heard, but I know David kind of touched on the Patriots' side of things. What about you, Wally? Did did you have any takeaways from Justin Fields, or are you looking forward to what maybe this week's game plan, if they can replicate it?
1: I'm excited for a couple reasons, one of them being – The fact that they finally leaned into this style of play when they don't have wide receivers, when they don't have an offensive line that's wowing anybody, this is the recipe to get him survived for another year. We know now, especially after the trade that we'll get into here in a bit, the Bears are projected to have over $125 million in cap space come free agency. They have a a ton of, of picks still. So they have the assets to actually put together an offense. So that's where the hope is, that you can not break him long enough to get to the offseason. But, yeah, you guys are right. Who would have thought, had you said on Monday on this podcast, there's going to be a, a quarterback pulled tonight, we never in a million years would have thought that was Mac Jones. We would have thought that was Justin Fields. And because it wasn't, who knows? All, only other thing to say is, Bill, Belichick has to wait one more week to pass George Hollis. The Cinderella fun, magical ESPN Monday night football for it doesn't happen.
0: Can we talk about how horrible the ESPN graphics get each and every game in the prime time? Like, they have just, since the draft, the draft has been bad. Now they have, like, they had, what? You're talking put about the together Gillette Razor? The, yeah, and I'm like, what is going on here? And, like, even the graphics, it's like, they're in the middle of like a, not even a TV timeout. If it's taking a while for a play, and they just come out with these graphics of someone's upbringing in the NFL or Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi. you hear this and the figures of what they're depicting these people to look like are they're low end for ESPN. It looks like they have a low end budget, but it is horrific to witness. My
1: God, this is why I watched the Manning Cast. Probably hired a bunch of people from OMS.
0: Shots fired. We have, hey, we got, we have uh, OMS students that listen. So if you really want to get that, kind of throw some shade at it, it's fine. OMS students, you know exactly what we're talking about.
1: The ones that are listening are probably 100% on board with what we just said, by the way.
0: Yes. Do you hear that, though, Walter? It's blaring. It is deafening. It is time for the 911 rapid fire. Like Wally was kind of alluding to here a little bit earlier, we had some trades. That's really the talk of the town here over the week. First one off the board, we have the Jaguars sending James Robinson, their running back that they hate for the last two years for some odd reason, only running back to go undraft in a rush for a 1,000 yards, send over the New York Jets for a sixth round, potentially a fifth round conditional pick. You think this is a good move for the Jets?
1: It's a great move. I mean, you lose two massive pieces last week, one of which in Elijah Eli- talking, you can't do anything about midseason. No one's trading a high-profile offensive lineman. But Brees Hall is probably better than James Robinson, but the fall off isn't hard. And now all of a sudden you have a great platoon there in a backfield that already was pretty strong. You got to hope for the Jets case anyways, that this can at least keep the Cinderella story a little bit longer going. Next right here, David, Robert Quinn. Somebody that I guess it made sense to move, but we didn't see him in his name circulated a lot, especially Roquan Smith. What do you make of Philadelphia and Howie Roseman addressing something that really wasn't even a need? They're really going for it.
2: Yeah, they're definitely in Super Bowl contention. I think this gives me shades of the original Philadelphia Super Bowl year a couple years ago. That team was a strong team in the trenches, and they built a rotational D-line that wasn't super elite outside of like Fletcher Cox, but had fantastic players. And they had fantastic players rotating in off the bench and they always kept pressure on. And I I mean, I think Philly's a real contender, but they, I still think they need to get their second half woes on track offensively because once they do that, they're a well-rounded team. And they're, you know, they're the NFC favorite, in my opinion, but I, if they can't get that fixed, they're an easy pick for like a first round playoff loss to me. But I, again, I just think it gives me shades of everything they did right in their Super bowl year. And they have a better quarterback now than they did then, supposedly. But yes, they did. Next trade, Chiefs acquire Kadarius Toney from the Giants in exchange for a 2023 third and sixth round pick. I don't even know. I, I You know what? I'm just going to kick it to, to one of you. Tell me what your thoughts are, because I would love to know how much, one, I would love to know how much dead cap the Giants are, are in right now for trading this guy. And two, I just want to know what do you guys think about is he really going to be that good with the Chiefs? Darius Tony's
0: my boy. I know now you're seeing another wide receiver go there. And he doesn't, he doesn't have that big of a cap hip. He always, already has like a $5 million fully guaranteed because he has that first-round pick. The dude played 12 games, which is miraculous. But what I love is the tweet after the fact when he gets traded, when he goes, oh, you guys really think that I'm still injured? The dudes are, and. Oh, my Twitter's been on fire. Like the Forrest Gump meme of when he breaks the leg braces. Like this is what Kadarius Tony looks like running his first route. It's awesome. The dude is a stud. We don't really have that much tape, but go look at the tape. I need to watch the tape. though. I got to go back and watch the tape. Play it till I watch the tape. I want to watch the tape. i watch the tape. Watch the tape. Watch the tape. Watch the tape. Well, again, I'm going to watch the tape. Go look at what he can do. The dude's an athletic freak, and I am very surprised that 12 games into your professional career, the Giants are getting rid of you. They just do not like their wide receivers. And, man, you still have Kenny Galladay on there. I'd rather eat dead cap space for Kenny Galladay than get rid of Kadarius Toney because the dude is cheap, and now you're sending him to a loaded roster who just signed, what, two or three different wide receivers here in the offseason, and now they just locked up this guy. That's going to put a lot of pressure on Juju and MBS to perform because you know what? If you're not, you're gone, cut, or traded because now we got this cheap guy for the next 40 years. $47
1: $47 million, they're in dead cap hell right now. However, next year, it looks like they're going to be back in pretty comfortable spot, under $5 million. So just keep that in mind. But let's stay there with the Chiefs. Frank Clark suspended two games for a legal situation, or I guess a couple of them. He was pulled over two separate times here in the past few months, and he's facing several different weapon charges. Again, he's missing the two games after the Chiefs' bye week. Both are home against AFC South teams, though. So you imagine they feel pretty good about that, don't you think, Stephen?
0: Yeah. What, you have the Titans and the Jags? You're going to be fine. But Frank Clark, we know what he can do. If you have him on the same size as Chris Jones, if you have him on the opposite side, the dude is a playmaker. And you've been seeing it throughout the short season that we've had through the first, what, seven or eight weeks. So it blows my mind. Why do athletes speed? I know that you can get away with this shit. Except for Henry Ruggs, but I mean, my God, why must they always do this? They are like Miles Garrett is just a notorious speeder. What he's already got like two or three tickets over like the hundred mi- mile per hour mark. I don't get it. The dude knows how to play, and you're going to be hurting your team. You're lucky that it's not going to be against maybe if they had the Bills later in the year, or maybe if Tampa gets it together, they're playing Tampa. That shit goes down. So for them, best case scenario, I guess to have one of your star linebackers suspended. It's against arguably one of the worst teams in the league, and then the Titans.
1: That still hurt me. That uh, that was as it should. That that stung.
0: Sorry, I got it's. I got horror movie, just energy flowing through me. I have to be a little (sighs) gruesome with it, you know.
1: Oh, anyways, (laughs) Buffalo in Tennessee, stadium updates. I forgot actually Buffalo was getting a new stadium until the new rendering came out today. Very different between the two. You have more of the new school in Nashville, very small, but it looks kind of chic. It looks kind of futuristic, whereas Buffalo, it's still kind of your football stadium of old. Yeah, it's classed up a bit, but David, I have a couple questions for you real quick. One, overall thoughts on these. And then two, did it surprise you that Buffalo left a dome off of this stadium?
2: I guess thoughts are, I don't know, it, it looks cooler than it does now, but it's, to your point, it's still a, a more of a node to older stadiums. I don't know, it doesn't surprise. Buffalo is so, to be honest, if I was the owner, I would put a dome on it just so I don't have to worry about expensing plow trucks onto the field in the middle of winter. But it also doesn't surprise me because it's like the identity that that they have at least one snowball a year. I think that might just be their identity and they're they're okay with that.
1: You can't have football in Buffalo without the risk of weather. Yeah, Well, that's what makes it better. I'm glad that they're going
0: to keep a stadium like this. Like, I, we want the snow games. What other sport do we have the element of weather that you have to play through? You know, they have the rain delays in baseball. They're going to do the same thing with soccer. And outside of, like, you know, lightning and thunder going around there, that's the only way that NFL games are really getting delayed. Keep the snow bowls, the ice bowls, the wind, the rain, the mud bowls keep them in the nfl yeah play, you can even hear roquan smith saying yeah it, it kind of sucks when you're dealing with it but this is it's all nostalgia for these players too and yeah you're more injury prone i get that but these players love playing in it and i love watching them slide 15 yards after the tackle like what sam was and washington McCoy last too. year
2: yeah yep great you know? point you know what's interesting actually is is i think they when they announced the rendering they also said something like you know, we want, we have a lot of activity spaces that won't, re, like, that aren't going to be used for ticketed events so that we can have people experience the stadium 365 days a year. I'd love to know what that means. I'd love to know if that's like a giant rec room. I'd love to know if that's like WeWorks rented office spaces or something stupid, or if that's going to be whatever a museum like Yankee Stadium has or something. I don't know. I would just love to know what that
1: actually means. The only two ideas I have is one. I can't remember where it was. One of you might be able to help me. Somebody just opened a sports book in an actual NFL stadium and it's operational every day of the year. So you can be just chilling in this sports stadium with the sports book. The other thing I was thinking of is the Raiders. And I'm sure other teams do this. I just in Vegas, I saw it they do tours throughout the day, like 30 bucks or something like that. And you get to go through the locker rooms, you go through the press rooms, you get to go in the field. So I I almost wonder if it's something like that, where especially in a place where Buffalo, where they love their team, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They can get away with doing tours like that throughout the year and make sense. With
0: that, that's going to bring us down to the rapid fire section. Let's go over our week eight picks Before I toss it to Wally, see what the records are for this past week. We want you to know that this week eight picks are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like every weekend you got a baby shower, you got a college graduation, maybe a little sibling's prom. doesn't matter. You name it. It is happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or on her Instagram, Saw Dad and Sapphire Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. Wally, how did the boys do week seven?
1: What the hell's going on out here? Well, you did really, really well. David did well, and I'm still here. So Stephen went 15 yeah, and are. 5, up over 8 and a half units. So you really wanted to go with him. David also did very well, 17 and 9. He was up nearly 5 units. I went 9 and 12 and was down about 4. So I, I've got nothing to say. I, I am fully, I'm proud enough where I am not proud. That's not the one I'm looking for. I'm self-aware enough to tell you it will never hurt my feelings. If you want to fade me when I'm like this, if I'm saying something go the other way, I don't care. If make me prove you wrong.
0: I like it. Cause Dave, that's what David's energy is. He brings no confidence to his picks. And then he has a week like that.
2: Come on. If I didn't have to pick up Matt Ryan in fantasy football, I would have had another win under my belt. So I blame I blame the Colts for, for not Everything. being better.
0: <laughs> Number one rule in gambling, don't bet with your heart. Come on. Or
1: just don't bet the AFC South, ever.
0: Or just don't bet Wally. So this week, the teams on the bye week, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. That's nice you don't get to see them play. And the Los Angeles Chargers, two West teams in Wally's division here. We'll see if the Raiders can take advantage. We'll start with the Thursday night football game. We've already had a lot of line moving here the last few days between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Bucks. where now the Bucks are favored by a point and a half. The total is still set at 46 and a half. Man, I can't bet against Tom Brady. That's all I need to say. Both these teams have underperformed as of late. The Ravens at least know how to score points, but they also know how to give up that lead after scoring all those points. So Tampa Bay coming off their worst performance of, you, you can argue, Tom Brady's whole tenure there in Tampa Bay. And now they're actually going to be a little bit healthier. They got Julio Jones that's slated here to start. But they have a lot of injuries on the defensive side here. I'm sure that Wally's going to kind of run through here. Tom Brady against the spread since 2010 when getting less than 50% of the bets on him, 28-2. and I think right now he's just shy or just at 30%. Last time I checked, it was 27-28%. He is also 2-10. and against the spread in primetime over the past three years. So if you guys are doing the math, quick football thinkers, both those wins, the Dallas Cowboys. My God, that's scary, which means it has to be done now. Give me Tampa Bay minus one and a half. Give me their money line. I'm staying away from the hype of the primetime unders right now because this could be one that, that snaps it, just like we saw it here last Thursday. But give me the bucks tonight, baby. There's no way that Tom Brady is going to be two games under 500 for the first time in his career tonight.
1: Wow. I didn't realize that this will be his first time in his career being on two yeah. games. Under. And you, and you had that awesome stat, I think
0: Monday where the last time he was in this position was 2002. Yeah. If he loses again, he, this is the first time he's in this position ever. And a little side note, if you guys didn't uh, get to read a little bar stool or whatever today, Giselle, Apparently is back in the situation, but gave Tom Brady an ultimatum. You either retire football or I'm gone for good. This man says, Baby,
1: retire after this year. That I don't or know mid year. Now
0: that I don't know. So Tom Brady's like, baby, just give me a couple more months. I'm all yours. And now it starts. Because rumor has it, Tom Brady got an OTP HJ, and he's feeling pretty good about this game.
1: Rumor has it. That's mind-boggling to begin with. I I did not see that, but Another fun fact, I guess not so fun if you're a Tom Brady supporter, his all-time low point-per-game offense was in 2003 when he averaged 21.8 points a game. This year, he is averaging 17.7. It is a significant drop. Whether you blame that on the injuries, which you mentioned I should bring up here, Cameron Bray's out, Russell Gage is out, Julio Jones very possibly out, And then defensive side of the ball, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Antoine Winfield, Akeem Hicks likely out. They're really banged up. So is it Bruce Arians disappearing? Is it the injuries? Is it just Tom Brady finally losing that battle with father time? I don't know. And it's fitting that, that we talk about how poorly I'm gambling and you go, Hey, let's stay away from primetime unders today. That means you know what I'm doing. I'm taking the under. <laughs> Give me the under a 46 and a half. I, I just can't right now with the Bucks' offense. I need them to earn it. Yeah. But at the same time, their defense, that's where I'm really hanging my money here on this bet because they are a defense that does well against mobile quarterbacks. And I just really think the safest play here is to assume they can maintain and contain Lamar while the offense continues to struggle. So I couldn't do anything else, guys. I took Pick your
0: poison of who you want to fade is all I got to say, David, who you got, baby. I keep going back and forth. guys. I know. I I I'm see, I see you on the dog.
1: So hard. <laughs> it's so
0: such a crazy. This, this game I was is so hard.
2: confident when I knew, when I thought that the spread was still one and a half Baltimore. And now that it's one and a half for Tampa Bay, I'm, I am struggling hard. So, well, sorry, weird stat of the week, which I found hilarious. Lamar Jackson is averaging more rushing yards per game this season than the entire Bucks offense. And frankly, nobody is doing less with more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But some betting stats, the reason why I'm having such a freaking difficult time with this is Tom Brady is 5-0 against the spread since 2014 when getting points at home. And he, home favorites are 9-4 and against the spread in Thursday Night Football since 07. So here's what I'm going to do with four of the top six DBs out for Tampa Bay. I just don't know how you contain the Ravens offense. And so I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going to take the Baltimore as underdogs and them at the money line. And I think that they send Tampa season into this, into an early season spiral.
1: I thought you were going to go full on fade Wally mode and just spontaneously go with the over there, which I wouldn't have blamed you for, but I thought that was coming. (laughs) London, which you know what that means, guys. The Jacksonville Jaguars are there. I go do my high knees. Yeah, go. You got four hours. First of all, before we even get how ridiculous is that? I mean, Russell Wilson, he signs that massive contract and it's like, he's going out of his way to not only embarrass himself, but the organization over the last few months, why He's so good at it? He's great at it. Like we don't need to hear that story. If you're going to rehab four hours and annoy your teammates and coaches on a, a flight overseas, that's one thing. But then to like almost brag about in the media, hey guys, yeah, I was working all night on this four-hour flight, waking my teammates up. You're not doing yourself any favors. Right? And I don't care what oh who is it? I want to say it's George something. Their their GM, whatever. Hey, I'll, I'll, George Patton. He came out today and said, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, they're fine. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. But anyways, Denver, they're playing the London Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, sorry. (laughs) They're two and a half point favorites. Total's 39 and a half. David, we'll throw it right back around to you. Do you take the Jaguars where another fun thing, they have played a game in London, Every year but one since they started doing this in 2013, or are you riding with Russell Wilson and the Broncos?
2: Neither. I am only taking the under at 39 and a half. This is the most conflicting game of the week for me, and and both these teams suck, and they're not fun to watch. To make it more difficult, the favorite in in, in London games, the favorite is 19 and 13 against the spread. Oh, by the way, Jacksonville is 4-12 against the spread as a favorite. It's just very conflicting information, and I don't trust anything at all about either of these teams. And so the only thing I'm confident in is that this is going to be a stinker. There's no way that either of these teams can combine for 40 points. So I'm I'm taking the under at 39.5.
1: I'm with you, David. I've got the under as well, but I'm also going with the Jaguars minus 2.5 here. I wish we had midseason hard knocks though for the Broncos. I just, I told you guys before, I love this team. They are so dysfunctional that it is, I can't, this is what teams probably look at you and me, David, with the Raiders and Browns and our constant clown status. This is so fun. I get why people make fun of us now. This is great. Anyways, I I don't even have much to say. I just don't think you'll see a lot of Bradley Chubb. I think you'll probably see him try to get moved this week in a trade. And I think that's a big reason here why I'm going with Jacksonville. This is the Travis ETM come out arrival party in Denver sucks. It's awesome. It's a great day to be alive. I mean,
0: this is the only place that Jacksonville can play the past decade. They always ball in these games. I don't know why I didn't put this in here, but it just dawned on me. This was always the Mercedes Lewis game. When Jacksonville would go to London, this dude would have like two to three touchdowns every game, at at least a minimum one. But that was like the only time he scored. Mercedes Lewis, I think he has two catches and he has one touchdown this year for the Green Bay Packers. It was the game in London he scored. That's just a fun fact. But Denver's just playing bad. Russ is still day-to-day, but he already already kind of ruled himself in that he's going to be playing in this game. It doesn't matter. I like Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville minus two and a half. They need to get away from this four game skid that they're on. I know Denver's kind of in a similar situation. I just, I can't trust them. As an offensive lineman, I wouldn't protect my quarterback if he's keeping me up during a flight doing his fucking aerobics or high knees or whatever he's doing cat to cat the cattle. Or if you know that, if you're in a physical therapy and had a back problem, you guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't a cat, a cat or a cattle. Or Camel.
1: Oh, I got you. See, that's too athletic for me. I got what you're doing,
0: though. But I th- I think this should be an easy one for Jacksonville. If they go over there, Doug Peterson gets them right. They understand the team that they're playing, and it's going to be a tough defensive game. So I like – I'm not taking the under, but it makes a lot of sense for the under just because of the defensive aspect of it. But give me Trevor Lawrence leading the boys to victory. Travis said, TN game.
1: Okay. I, I know that this is going against what I just said, but I have to ask you guys. You know how football's kind of like poetic at times where things just happen in a way that make no sense like outside of just freak accidents it's sports. What happened last year when Jacksonville went to London. Urban Meyer the Circus Show got their first win. So what I'm saying, it's the Denver, energy,
0: something in the air.
1: Denver though is the Circus Show this time. Could they go over and figure things out against Jacksonville? That's that's what they want you to think. And they the might was come out. It was just they, something to they're think about.
0: De-hoof the Broncos.
1: The, the house that Urban built.
0: Yikes. Chicago's headed Bruce. down to <laughs> Chicago's headed down here to Jerry World. Well, the Dallas Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites, similar to what the what the spread ended here uh against Chicago's game in New England. Total set at 42 and a half. This stat alone is what is why I'm taking Dallas minus nine and a half. I don't like this large spread. Dallas is creating pressures on 40 and a half percent of their defensive plays against quarterbacks. Flip it to the other side where Chicago's allowing pressures on 50% of dropbacks to Justin Fields, 50%. That is astounding. Chicago has allowed the fourth least passing yards so far this season but they are one of three teams that have already given up a thousand yards on the ground this year. Zeke, who is actually not expected to play. He's logged 2 do not practices this week on Wednesday and Thursday. So Tony Pollard might be having a big game. And you know what, as the football podcast, I don't even know who the running back is behind him. I guess me, you guys are probably going to know, but you know, my firm belief, I always say it, Wally, it's always hard to play, to overcome a big victory just as well as it is to overcome a big loss. Don't get too cocky. Don't get too down on yourself. I think that I think Chicago's gonna fall right back into what we know it. And Micah Parsons is gonna make Justin's day hell. Give me the Cowboys minus nine and a half in Jerry World. I'm with you. Uh, Cowboys nine and a half
2: money line. I'll I'll always. I said it earlier. I always bet against Chicago. I just think the Cowboys defense uh, is gonna demolish Fields. Dak probably looks better this week as he shakes off the rust. But Stephen, as you were saying as you were given some of those defensive stats, right, for for the Cowboys, my only thought is, is that as I was reading them before we even started the podcast, was it's time to acknowledge Dan Quinn is the number one coaching hire this offseason or coaching hire contender or whatever this offseason for any team that's looking. Last year, I looked it up. Last year, the Cowboys gave up the most points through seven weeks in their uh, – it was since like 1960 in their franchise history – and with almost the same team, they're looking like a top ten defense. Yes, if they aren't already. I mean, I I haven't really analyzed who I would rank in my top ten, but Cowboys is probably in there. So I, I just it's time to acknowledge that Dan Quinn is is an absolute number one first guy I'm interviewing coming out of uh, if I'm firing my coach.
1: I love that, and okay, for good reason I think because. I think they're not only top 10. I think you can make a case. That's a top five, if not even higher defense right now. They're the reason that the Cowboys are in the position that they are. They don't win games like they did last week without that defense, allowing only six points to a a high-powered Detroit offense. I know they struggled against New England, but we assume they're going to score points this year. And then, no, we don't know the third running back for Dallas because he's a practice squad player, Steven. so don't beat yourself up over on that.
0: Okay, I like that.
1: I don't have a good feeling about this game. So when that happens, what I do is I close my eyes and I just try to see the end of the game. I try to see the score. Just look at the score. And this feels like such a stupid, ridiculously garbage game that I close my eyes and what do I see? But Cowboys 27, Chicago Bears 15. And for that reason and for that reason alone, I am taking the Cowboys minus nine and a half.
0: I'm kind of scared that we're all on the same train here to start to start the first couple games.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully we're all on the same page again for this one because last week it worked. Last week, all three of us hammered the Raiders, all three of us hammered the over, and all three of us touched the money line, I believe. So no losers last week when the Raiders play. This time, though, they're a point-and-a-half favorite on the road in New Orleans with the total at 49-and-a-half. We'll go right back to you, Stephen. On this one, are you gonna give me uplifting thoughts? Are we going to finally see one of our teams? Well, I guess you're already a three-win team, but it doesn't feel like it. Yep. Are we going to see another one of our teams oh, yeah. get the three wins this week?
0: You're right. It feels like we're a we're a winless team right now. The way Green Bay's playing now, there's there's going to be a lot that goes into this. We know what the wide receiver rooms looked like just being injury ridden there in New Orleans. Andy Dolan is named the starter. Devontae Adams might not be playing, even though he's training towards playing. He just hasn't practiced the first two days this week because he has a very serious flu. Uh, so that's going to be kind of questionable if he's going to go. I'm, I wouldn't be. I'm not going to be surprised if he if he does end up playing. I mean, come on, Michael Jordan flu game, right? But this is all dependent. My number one thing I want to look at: Marshawn Lattimore. He's practicing. If he's going to be, because that's the guy who's going to be shadowing Devonte. And if, if Devonte's out, who's he going to shadow? Just kind of mix it up with Hunter Renfro maybe go with you know a couple other people, whoever it may be. We need the wide receivers back. But I like the way this team is – the New Orleans Saints are playing with not really having what seems to be a grasp offensively to be that dominant of a team, but they keep doing it. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to throw two pick sixes within a minute and a half of each other here again. He could definitely throw an interception. I'm not going to believe that. But we know what the Raiders' secondary is looking like. They, I th- want to say they have a top seven – like rush defense here right now, but you can just throw over. You can throw all over the yard against this Raiders secondary. So with that, give me new Orleans plus one and a half here. I like them in the dome, but I don't know. Hey, It doesn't mean that the Raiders still can't win by a point. Cause I can also see that. But for right now, give me new Orleans plus one and a half there. Sorry, buddy.
2: Look, neither of these defenses can stop a nosebleed. And for that reason alone, I'm betting on the quarterback, the quarterback and Carr is greater than both Dalton and Winston, even if you combine them on their best days. So I'm taking Las Vegas at at one and a half favorites money line and over on the 49 and a half. I think it's a shootout. I think the Raiders win the shootout. I just we're gonna get the Raiders back to three and four. And you know, just remember, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Wally was ready to commit suicide. And I kept telling him, no, no, no. There's positive outlook on the
1: horizon, and here we are. With the same record as the Cleveland Browns, but whatever. Uh, I will take the Raiders minus one and a half in the over. I'll buy in. I'll, I'll let you talk me into it for this this week. Then, but that's all this <laughs> is. It, it's going to be a week by week that's slow fine. burn. I'm going to
2: sell you on the Raiders, and then I'm going to tell you to bet against the Browns for the remainder of the season. Don't Just don't forget.
1: That's just fine. Keep following I, the path. <laughs> just realize that I'm basically doing the inverse, so don't worry about that. I mean, Josh Jacobs, he leads the league right now with first-down rushes. He has 26 of them. He is the identity of the offense. He opens up the pass game. He takes pressure off of that young offensive line. Both teams do have severely disappointing defenses, given that we expected more so the Saints. People thought the Raiders' defense was actually going to be average, but we thought the Saints' defense was going to be borderline elite too. Tyron Matthew looks like shit. Marshawn Lattimore's been banged up. Team's not the same right now. Because of that, I am leaning on Josh Jacobs. I think the only way this under hits is actually if both offenses methodically run the ball so well, it shortens the game. I just don't see that happening. If it didn't happen last week against Houston, there's no reason to believe it'll happen this next week against Andy Dalton and the Saints. Carolina, let's say in the NFC South, Carolina is going to Atlanta where the Dirty Birds are a four-point favorite that's come down to four and a half since the last few hours. Total is 41 and a half. I'll spit this one out real quick because that's what this is, is this game is gross. Carolina plus four, under 41 and a half. With how depleted the Falcon secondary is, I do think P.J. Walker is going to be able to do enough in the air to surprise the Falcons. I don't think that they're going to win by any means, but I think last week, really showed the recipe how to beat the Dirty Birds in Cincinnati. They threw the ball 13 times when they were trailing that entire game. There wasn't even an effort to throw. If you can get a lead early, I think you can. anybody can really beat the Falcons. So stop the run, which the Panthers are good at, plus four in the under of 41.5. I'm taking the Atlanta money line and nothing
2: else because Carolina stinks, and last week doesn't change my mind. And Atlanta at home just just feels like they just feel like a winner in this matchup.
0: Give me Atlanta minus four. Give me the under 41 and a half. It doesn't look good for A.J. Terrell, their star cornerback, who's missed back-to-back practices this week with a hamstring injury. So if he's a no-go, officially this might kind of change my mind day of. But Atlanta got spanked this past weekend losing two of their starting quarter cornerbacks in the process in the loss of Cincinnati. And if they end up being no goes again, maybe I like the Panthers, but Atlanta is the favorite for the first time this year. I expect a bounce back game. No, it's not going to be a great uniform game like they had against the Niners. So I'd feel more confident if that was the case, but I like them a lot. So obviously the, the divisional matchups here, 26, eight and one on the unders. That's just under 77% that they're hitting on. And I know I am talking. I might be talking myself out of taking Atlanta here, but the underdogs of more than three-plus points are hitting at a 67% rate right now, 44 and 22 on the year. I'm going to go to 33% here. Give me Atlanta minus four and give me the under at 41 and a half. That's the one stat that I'm going off of. I'm not, I'm not going off the ladder. Oh, you spell pit weird here, Wally. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in state rivalry going up to Philadelphia where the Eagles are 10 and a half point favorites a total set at 43 and a half give me Pittsburgh plus 10 and a half David will get in here a little bit but this is just a large spread I don't like this we've already been burned by it once they got us the following week after that against Tampa Bay let's we'll see what they can do here Philly's pass defense has allowed the least amount of yards through the air this year Now, granted they did have the bye week so that's going to help here a lot but they also have the second-most interceptions in the league at almost a halfway point here. So, yeah, Kenny Pickett is going to throw an interception. Is he going to throw three? I don't know. Is Robert Quinn going to play here on a short week of getting to his new team? I'm not sure. But we all know what the Eagles cannot do in the second half. We all know what the coach they have on the other side, and Mike Tomlin likes to keep these games close, likes to keep them in the under. But, you know what, give me Pitt at the plus ten and a half. They just feel like a lock when they're at that double-digit underdog right now. And I like them a lot. I think they'll be competitive in this game. Give me the old Steelers plus 10 and a half.
1: You know what's crazy is that you give me a hard time. It could, background to people at home. Pitt, the acronym for Pitt is P-I-T. The Pittsburgh Steelers, it's P-I-T. He spells it P-I-T-T. I bring up that it bothers me. And now I know I will never see a P-I-T from Steven the rest of his life. But here's the thing. Nope. Then he goes and he says, with his Pittsburgh, Pittsburghese, his yin's are in him now. He goes Eagles. He even called them the Eagles for me. So it's just backwards. Salt in the wound. Salt in the wound. God. And, you know, you guys know how much I have been on the Philadelphia Eagles bandwagon this year. I can't bring myself to to sully my inner yinzer. I can't go with the east side of Pennsylvania here. So I'm taking Pittsburgh plus ten and a half. This is way too many points. I mean, the only thing that worries me about the spread is that Philly's coming off a bye. They play a very physical brand of football. And the Steelers just played on Sunday night. And I know it's six hours compared to one o'clock, but that's that's still six hours of the week. You don't get the recover that other people do. But again, I can't do it. I have to go with French fries on sandwiches opposed to cheese Whiz on sandwiches. So I have to go with the Steelers plus ten and a half. That's it.
0: I don't even know what the hell that means, but that I'm I'm with it. Uh,
2: again, I'm shocked you don't know what that means. That that. Anyways, this is from the south. I'm from the, it, so- I'm from the it, south, baby. You got to
1: remember this, that your family's in Pittsburgh now, and David's family's from Pittsburgh. So that's an unfair advantage for you, David.
2: That's a fair point. That's actually a really fair point. Anyways, I thought this was from a spread perspective. This is the toughest game of the week by far the way I see it and, and Wally said how he closes his eyes earlier picks the final score the way I see it is my gut instinct tells me that that Philly goes up three scores in the first half and the Steelers slowly work themselves back into the game and whether that's 21 to zero in the first half or whether it's like 27 to, to uh, let's call it 10 or something like that but I just It feels like until Philly proves that they can be a consistent scorer throughout the whole game, I'm just going to assume that they let teams back into the game late. I'm taking Pittsburgh plus 10 and a half, but I'm taking the Philadelphia money line because I don't think they lose this game.
1: I think that's probably smart, but Sheets is better than Wawa. Miami minus three and a half. Going to Detroit. Good. Well, You should. There's one like eight minutes from your house. A fact I know it's eight minutes, that's not good. But hey. Well,
0: there's also there's also that gecko right across the street. So I never even knew that.
1: Well, don't worry about it. You plug it into Google Maps eight minutes away. It's it's not a big deal. The Dolphins, three and a half point favorites on the road, going to Detroit, totals 51 and a half. You guys like myself, like the entire country, want Detroit to do well so badly and it's just it hasn't happened this year Sheila Ford Hamp the owner of the Lions did come out and gave a vote of confidence to Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes but we keep saying it at some point they have to start winning they're 4 and 18 in the year and a half now that these guys have been in charge and they just keep getting more unfortunate news Jamison Williams their star first round wide receiver everybody was so excited for he keeps getting his rehabilitation pushed back he's going to be back a month later now. It's going to be a, a two weeks later now. Now here we are at this point of the season. It sounds like he might even be shut down. He's at least a month away from practicing. It's terrifying. I feel bad for Lions fans. David, can you tell Lions fans anywhere some good news? Because Lord knows they need it right now.
2: I don't have the good news. Look, I I was so <laughs> on the Detroit hype train for about four straight weeks and then they put up two consecutive absolute stinkers on offense and I don't know I'm I'm not fully off the train because I really want I, I don't know why I just want Detroit to do well but I, I in this matchup I'm taking Miami three and a half point favorites I'm taking the under on 51 and a half and it's because I just think this game ends up in like a 24 20 ish fashion with Miami taking the win. I, it's just gut feeling. It's going to be each team scores three times at least, but it still doesn't hit the 51 and a half. It just feels like it's going to be one of those games.
0: Wow. Taking that from Tony Romo, huh? Oh, it feels like a 24, 20 type game here, Bob. I'm on David's train here with the Miami three and a half, but I'm opposite with the, with the total. Give me the over 51 and a half. Detroit's defense is horrendous. They've been giving up. North of 400 yards, 412 actually per game, and even though they played, they played well during most of the game. The offense is what well, kind of shot them in the foot here the past couple weeks. Obviously, going blank up, up at Gillette Stadium, and then two or three cost, costly turnovers. Two of them being in the second half, one of them on the goal line by Jamal Williams. Miami has given up the sixth most passing yards, and their rush rushing is to a top seven unit currently. Now, DeAndre Swift is expected back. You're going to have him. You're going to have Jamal Williams and even sprinkling Craig Reynolds. Amaranth St. Brow's expected to be back, who actually never really had a concussion. He just was showing a little bit of symptoms. Shout out Tua. they were putting that into full effect. Wow. The NFL decided to listen for once after the fact. Stop me if you ever heard that before about the NFL. Tua on 43.9% of first down attempts have either or the first down pass attempts, have either resulted in a first down or a touchdown, which is the best in the NFL. Flip it over to to Detroit, on 31% of their first and second down plays against that Lions defense, they have resulted in either a first down or a touchdown, which is the worst in the NFL. This is going to be a shootout when no one really thought that it should have been, so I think Detroit maybe can get right back up to speed here. Amaran's going to be a little bit healthy with an extra. He played one snap. He's going to have two or three weeks consecutive. He's had healthy. And now Tua kind of got his feet wet here last week. I think that this offense is going to explode with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, And I like what they've been doing with Mike DeSeki here getting the ball, which I wonder why they're getting him the ball all of a sudden.
1: Ah, uh, God, guys, I'm kind of being a little scared bitch again. I'm not taking the spread, which – would piss off my dad. He meant for me to tell you guys earlier today, he's like, you guys got to take the Lions with the points. Didn't really give me an answer other than he said God feeling. So either he is going to be replacing me going forward or he really gave me his betting gene. So I'm just going with the over of 51 and a 51.5. It weirds me out because I just feel like the Lions really love Dan Campbell. And I feel like they try to embody that toughness, even though they haven't really shown it on the field. And this is just way too talented of a roster to be a three, four, five win team. I'm just scared of two in the offense. I, I'm with you, Steven. I think there's a million points scored in this game, but I really don't think I'm confident in either team getting a win. So I'm just staying with the over.
0: The Arizona Cardinals are traveling up to Minnesota, where the Vikings are three-and-a-half point favorites. A total set at 48-and-a-half. Give me Arizona plus three and a half. I'm really just going off of that stat uh, that I read off here, a couple games that I've already kind of contradicted with the Bears-Cowboys games. But both these defense are giving up north of 360 per game. Minnesota has not been looking hot on the defensive side of the ball uh, since their first game against Green Bay. And now they're towards the bottom of the middle of the pack and basically everything. Arizona's D is not really that much better. But they were the staple in the last Thursday night win. You know, you always see these defenses that don't really do well. They always have that one game that kind of kickstarts everything. Maybe this could be the game. I'm not calling that. But Arizona's offense didn't wow me either. But DeHoff did. Fresh off his first game of the year, What he had eight receptions, 99 yards, just missed a touchdown. But it obviously helped getting him back. Not that this is a huge staple, because you guys have already grilled me on the Jalen Rieger, but Robbie Anderson's got another week. AJ Green's really not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. But Robbie Anderson's going to be a decent piece that you can have in this offense. But I think that this could be the game, even though Call of Duty is getting close to being released. I think that this could be the game that Arizona can put it together. Give me Arizona plus three and a half. Give me the over of 48 and a half as well. So I think that this can also be a high scoring game.
1: Vikings minus three and a half. If. OG primetime Kirk Cousins couldn't get it done last week. I'm trusting real Kirk Cousins to get it done this week. Minnesota also might be the worst five and one team of all time, but the Cardinals are a worst three and four team. Fuck them. Skull. Let's go, Vikings. Cover.
0: They stole that from my DS Icelandic national soccer team. It's bullshit.
1: The U.S. stealing something from other parts of the world. That doesn't sound real.
2: David. Anyways, <laughs> and, yeah, that's very accurate. accurate. All right. Anyways, I'm really scared. I was really confident in this until Wally said that he was on the same page, and now I'm really not confident in this bet. Come on over. That one. hurt. But uh, well, come on. I mean,
1: <laughs> it's. I mean, mean it's fine. I mean, you're uh, right. It just hurts.
2: No, I'm riding with it still. Anyways, Minnesota three and a half point favorites and money line. Sunday at one o'clock means Kirk Cousins is playing like a great quarterback. And I just think Minnesota will win at home.
0: What's really funny is we always, if you guys don't know, if you have anyone else out there that records or edits or anything, what we do to know when we're restarting something is we clap. So Wally's going to be so thrown off when he's editing, he's like, why is this random clapping here? Am I supposed to cut this? What am I supposed to do? So just, I hope you remember that
1: tonight. I, I, I trust me. I hope I remember it as well. It'll be one of those right. moments where I hate myself more than usual.
2: Anyways, on to New England at New York Jets. Uh, That's game of the week. New England's a two and a half point favorite. Mac Jones is apparently named the starting quarterback again. I was shocked by that earlier in this podcast, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) he's named the starter. Uh, (laughs) um, Anyways, Jets lose Brees Hall. We already talked about that, but they get James Robinson. I I gotta be honest. I'm gonna lay this out first uh, instead of passing it off first. But Bill Belichick versus the Jets, there isn't much more of a guarantee in football. And Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Let's just start with him. He earned a PFF grade of 51.4 against the Pats Jeez. last season and threw four interceptions in two games. Bill Belichick might be coming off at a shocker loss, but he owns the New York Jets. I like. Don't be fooled. I'm I'm still. I'm still on the Jets' respect train, but sometimes, like the AFC South, I don't bet against the trends when it's Bill Belichick and the Jets. I, like Just like you wouldn't bet against you know, the Jaguars not winning 50 straight times in Indianapolis or whatever the stupid stat is that they can't win in certain arenas. But I'm taking Bill Belly on the money line. I'm not confident in the spreads, but I'm just confident Belichick's going to win the game. So anyone want to take it from there?
1: You kind of stole yeah. everything I was going to say. Honestly, exactly, yeah. I'd like
2: to know. I wrote it first.
1: <laughs> no, you know, that's, that's perfect. You know, that that stupid LeBron meme where he has a do rag and he has a cigarette, and it's like a Photoshop version. It's the I don't care if it's this, I don't care if it's that. It's the same thing. I don't care if it's Mac Jones, Bailey Zappe, Bailey Jones. The Patriots are going to win this game by a million. It's the AFC East version of the Packers and the Bears, it's the AFC East version of the Browns and the Steelers, the AFC East version of the Raiders and the Chiefs. Every team has one. This is theirs. And I don't care how well the Jets are doing. Until I see them beat the Patriots, I'm not betting it. Definitely with you, David. New England is going to cover.
0: One of the stories, the underlining stories that no one's really talking about, is this is the first time that Wally, myself included here, so I have the Patriots money line. I'll get to the under at 40, uh, 40 and a half, excuse me. We're betting against the cool Jersey games. The Jets have the all blacks that they're bringing out with I, call, I like to call them the Halloween unis just because it, they happen to bring it out that the weekend of Halloween. But obviously we know, we don't know what James Robinson's role is going to look like here. So it might just be the Michael Carter show to start, but new England is giving up the eighth most rushing yards, the fifth most yards per attempt. I think it's just, I think it's 4.9 or just at like 5.3 where New York is averaging just about the same that new England's giving up here on the ground. Billy B is going to concoct something up here. He's a little butthurt that he didn't get to beat Papa Bear's record against the Bears themselves here on the Monday night game. But it's hard for me to bet against the Black Unis. I want to say the Jets have lost 12 consecutive matchups against the New England Patriots. Six straight of those have been at home as well if they've lost. So give me New England money line. I'm sticking on the divisional under trying to under 40 and a half. I think that this can be a defensive game with with Michael Carter really being the deciding factor.
1: i got to ask you going into us going against our trends. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I need your guys' thoughts. I don't like the jets black uniforms. I don't like these new alternates. I don't think they're that cool. And that makes it easier for me to bet against them. What do you guys I think? Like do the, you like them?
0: I, I like the all black Arizona Cardinals, but I just think the red is going to be sharper than the green, but I'm not going to knock it because I was kind of dogging the Arizona Cardinal black helmets with that until I saw them. I'm like, okay, those are kind of fresh. So I think the green that they have, which is a little bit darker than what I'm wearing right now, I think that's really going to pop with it. So I think I'm going to like it, but
2: I need to see the pant combo. What socks do they have? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. You can't go wrong with the all blacks. You just can't. It's not great for some teams, but it's not bad. You just can't go wrong with them.
1: It's just I'm tired of seeing it. Everybody has an all-black alternate now. It's like before long, the freaking Packers will have one. I'll see all-black with a, a yellow G.
0: It'll be a yellow okay, G. That actually sounds sick.
1: At no, that kidding. part, I talked myself into the helmet. I'm not going to lie to you. But Yeah, you're like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> that we, sounds pretty before cool. We,
0: before we go to the next game here, which is Tennessee, what about the Tennessee Volunteers all-black unis that they're about to drop here this Hate Saturday? Them. They look sexy. David Are they is my, the they, dark gray charcoal ones? or no, is that they're the, ones we're talking? no, the all black. David. I know David's an, uh, a slut for orange, so I know he's on this train for me,
1: but I loved them. Is it white helmets, black jerseys, that's it? All black. I will get back to you at the end of the show. Do not judge me. I'll go Google him during this.
2: Probably the only thing hotter than than all-white with orange accents is all-black with orange accents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, all I don't know. Tennessee to, just looks you, so you good need a, You
0: need to calm down. I can't have you busting nuts on the podcast. <laughs> we'll keep it with Tennessee. Like I said, we got the Titans who are headed to Houston. Tennessee's a two-and-a-half point favorite. That total set at 40-and-a-half. Give me Tennessee minus two-and-a-half. I'm sticking with my trend of the unders in here. Derrick Henry game against the worst rush defense in the league. Again, guys, stop me if you heard, heard me say this before, because that's all I've been talking about the past three or four weeks. They've given up the 11th most, overall the 11th most yards given up. Tennessee can get a firm grasp on their division here. Tennessee's defense has given up around 278 yards per game through the air. and Houston is really struggling with all parts of their offense right now. I mean, this team is a mess. I think Tennessee can just kind of keep it rolling here and just win these gritty games. Give me Tennessee at the minus
2: two and a half. Give me the under at 40 and a half. What are you thinking, David? I'm doing Tennessee. Oh, man, the line changed on me before I even realized it. Yep. You know what? Screw it. I'm still rolling with it. Tennessee, two and a half and money line. And I'm going the over on 40 and a half. And I'm still saying this is an easy contender for worst quality game of the week. But that being said... Houston, uh, they're they're 27th in the NFL in uh, EPA per play, and Tennessee is a league leader in scripted play success. I think Tennessee is going to build a a pretty pretty stout early lead, and Houston just won't overcome it. But that being said, I 40 and a half just it, it feels too low for me, so that's why I'm taking the over.
1: Derrick Henry game, I mean Henry owns Houston. Houston sucks against the run. Two plus two equals five. So naturally houston will cover but i'm taking tennessee two and a half i cut that oh go ahead sorry
0: no i was about to say i see your phone in the hand i'm just been waiting for this to get read off
1: well no no it wasn't even a, a stat actually i'm looking at my phone because i'm over here looking up your tennessee uniforms and damn it i hate to admit it the the black looks a lot better this year than it did before these are I recommend you people at home, 2021. You people. It's because they have the black helmets now instead of the white yes. helmet. I was just going to say, and it looks so much better. For you guys here, I'll show you, but the people at home, Google it right now. That was the helmet last year. It was white, and it looks terrible with it. Go all black nope. or don't go all black. It's one or the other.
0: I had friends that went to Tennessee, and I was messaging them. Shout out to my boy, Clev. He was telling me that there might be – Orange checkers on the sleeve, too, or, like, on the shoulder pads to go oh, okay. with it.
1: that'd be really cool. Like, you mean that yeah. under sleeve? No, on that the shoulder pads. Or the shoulder pad. Either way, I mean, Tennessee, the reason I almost hate alternates sometimes is they just have some of my favorite college football uniforms across the board. I think they're amazing. I think everything about the Tennessee colors and scheme is cool. So I I get nervous when you do things like this. you got to hit it out of the park or people like me are going to bitch. The G-Men go to Seattle. Oh, yeah. Down, on down. You got to bring it down. The Seahawks are three-point favorites with a total of 44 and a half. Oh, God. This was a hard one for me, but I got to tell you, I never expected to be so excited for a New York Giants-Seattle Seahawks game in 2022. That did not feel like something (laughs) that even made sense to me. I'm going to go with the Seahawks minus three and the over of 44 and a half. And I feel almost disrespectful to the Giants, but it's less of that and just more of the Seahawks are a bad penalty or two away from also being a one loss team right now. I'm going to assume that both running backs are going to run the ball at will against these defenses, terrible rush defenses, both of them here. That makes you wonder who is going to step up in those three or four times it's going to be needed. Daniel Jones, or Geno Smith on the third and eights when they fall behind schedule early in downs. And the way they're playing right now, I'm taking Geno Smith. Brian Dayball, I think, really hides a lot of what is wrong with Daniel Jones. I know it's kind of ironic to say this when we're talking about Geno in the same game, but we don't see leaps or growth like this from quarterbacks this late into a playing career typically. So it kind of has me a little reserved. So I'm gonna go with Gino, I'm gonna go with KW three, and I'm gonna go with Pete Carroll. Okay. First of all,
2: here's why you're wrong. Oh, okay. Goodness. Wow. You just oh. you just said openly on the podcast they're gonna run all over each other. The New York Giants are six and one and don't have a receiver over 200 yards. Who's the better running team in in the game? Who's gonna really run over the other team? The Giants are going to destroy Seattle in the run game. I. Ooh. The Giants are just getting it done on the ground, and and I think they win in Seattle. I have New York Giants plus three and money line, and this is my dark horse for game of the week. And, oh, by the way, before we – and I'm not disrespecting Geno because, again, I am – I have admitted I'm wrong like eight weeks in a row on Geno Smith so that Wally can't dunk on me repeatedly. And I –
1: I have to get something right on this podcast. Here's,
2: here's what I'm, why I'm, this is, this is what swung me towards the giants. Daniel Jones is 15 and six against the spread on the road. And he's 14 and four against the spread as an underdog. That's before Dable got there. That's, that is, that is kind of too telling for me to not bet on the giants here. And so we're going to put some goddamn respect on the G men and we're, I'm going to ride it out until they make me look like an idiot. Like Geno Smith did. I'm with David. Give me the Giants plus three. I
1: needed, I needed some support.
0: No, for dude. No, then get a, I don't know. Get a back brace. If you want support, I ain't it, bud. Giants plus three, give me the over 44 and a half here. The only game this week where the matchup is between two teams with a winning record. Who would have thought that when you looked at the schedule? It is insane. The Giants are expected to be without their two starting tackles, but Saquon is going to feast. They're going up against a defense almost allowing 160 yards, which to your point, Wally. It's not like the Giants are doing that much better. But Gino and the boys are going to be without DK, so we'll see what that passing game, the throwing game, what that is going to look like. But at the end of the day, I, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. This is going to be a KW3 and quad run fest here. Give me the over 44 and a half. Both those guys scoring, that's not going to be my prop lock and drop it. I think throwing both of these guys in your anytime touchdown score parlay that I do every week, if you do it, those are going to be two great candidates to throw in there. Give me the over 40, 44 and a half. Giants plus three. I'm sorry, Wally. We'll keep it rolling, though. Washington is headed to Indy, where we were expecting a Carson Wentz reunion, but Neither the quarterback that they traded away or the quarterback that they traded for in Indianapolis are going to start. We got the Sam Ellinger game where the culture three point favorites, the total set at 39 and a half, man, that is an ugly total. Holy shit. Just give me Washington plus three. Give me the under of, of 40 and a half. Sammy is going to get the start Heineken for Washington. Both of these teams are allergic to protecting their quarterback between these two teams combined 48 sacks given up. We're only halfway through this. Actually, we're not even officially halfway through the season yet. And they're already taking up towards 50 just between these two teams. That's enough for me to bet the under and to give me Washington plus three because it's Sam Ellinger. Yeah, there's not – you always have that aspect if we don't have tape on this guy, and you will always see backup quarterbacks either come in or start a game with zero or slim to none tape on them, and they actually do pretty well. But give me Washington plus three and give me the under.
2: Um with you on Washington plus 3. I I have this as my worst game of the week contender. I think, yep. I think Ellinger I think he's going to struggle in his first start mostly because Indianapolis just hasn't established a run. Like that's a recipe for a disaster for a rookie quarterback is to not establish a run game that opens up his throwing windows even a little bit. To me, it's Washington game Washington's game to lose and frankly If the offense in Indianapolis doesn't change at all, I like just fire right. Just get it over with now and ride this shit storm wave to the end of the season and go get yourself Dan Quinn. That's basically all I have on it.
1: It sucks. I like that move. Dan
2: Quinn of the
0: Colts. I like that a lot.
1: It'd be kind of refreshing to get a defensive mind back in there. I would like to say, I think you probably mentioned it earlier while I was on my phone. It sucks that it's not the Carson Wentz revenge game. Because it at least would have given a little juice to this shitty matchup. But, David, you're a Texas Longhorn fan. In 2019, the Texas Longhorns beat the Georgia Bulldogs in the Sugar Bowl. And he became kind of famous and synonymous with the phrase, we're back, talking about Texas. That's the kind of confidence. Not a good response there from David. He didn't look too happy about it. But – That's the kind of confidence. It's the kind of quarterback A1 personality that you want in a situation like this. It's not a very tough division, and it's a very good roster. So there's no reason to believe that even if he's functional, we might be getting a weird back for the Indianapolis Colts and their division chances this year. I am too much of a coward to bet it. If it was a pick I think I would. But I'm going to go with that under. It's a gross under. You get a rookie starting. You got whoever the hell is out there. Oh, yeah, freaking uh, Heineke out there in Washington right now. I'm going with the under, and I don't feel confident going any other way. San Francisco, one-and-a-half point road favorites going to L.A. Again, in air quotes, as always, going to L.A. San Francisco has their bonafide road home game with a total of 42-and-a-half Debo Samuel is day to day with a hamstring injury, which is always scary to hear for your skill position, guys. We've seen what happens there. Ironically, in LA with Keenan Allen with the Chargers, I'm taking San Francisco minus one and a half. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Shanahan owns McVay. He has his number. And even more importantly, he got Christian McCaffrey and McVay didn't. Boom.
2: It's it's just foreshadowing to that. This could have been an email. I'm with you, San Francisco, one and a half point favorite. I'm adding, take him in the money line as well. Shanahan just, and and I know that Steven's gonna repeat it too that that McVay can't win, but Shanahan, just to just to give you the stats behind it, Shanahan has covered four straight on the road versus McVay and is eight and three straight up and against the spread in the regular season versus McVay. It's, it's as easy as Wally made it, short and sweet is all we need, take San Francisco.
0: I don't want to be one of us trying to hit a word count in a college essay saying the same shit differently. McVay can't win against the Niners and in, in Shanahan. Give me the one and a half. You know I'm going to stick with my divisional under because more times than not they're going to hit. Give me the under at 42 and a half as well. Which leads us to the glorious game that everyone's waiting for. Yada, yada. This fucking guy, which you're going to see this fucking face a couple times on Sunday Night Football where the Green Bay Packers are going up to Buffalo, where the Bills are 10 and a half point favorites. Vegas knows something, because this should easily be a 14 to 15 point spread. Total set at 47 and a half. Green Bay cannot stop the run. Yes, they boast the best passing defense in the league in terms of yardage, but it's because everybody can just run it right down their throat and there's no need and Green Bay's offense can't give you a lead where they force the other offense to throw the ball. Josh Allen is about to have a legendary game on the ground. Green Bay has a solid pass rush, but once Josh Allen gets out of the pocket, good night. I'm excited to see the Jari Alexander versus Stefan Diggs matchup, which if you guys don't remember, Stefan was in Minnesota for the first few years of his career with Jari being there for three of those years. Those are always really fun matchups to watch here. Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 straight up, but 3-1, and 1 against the spread when he's an underdog of seven or seven or more points. But I just think how quick Green Bay's offense gets off the field, which they have the third most three and outs this year, and how explosive the Bills' offense is, this is just going to be a bad night, which I'm happy for because I hate staying up for these games. I'm an old man. You guys are night owls. I'm an old man. Shout out to Josh Allen and the boys because they're going to let me go to sleep at, at probably halfway through the second quarter in this one. Green Bay either loses by 30 or somehow Mason Crosby kicks a game-winning field goal to win this. And I'm going to be pissed that I stayed up. But happy on Monday morning. Give me Buffalo 10 and a half. I just have zero confidence in my Green Bay Packers right now.
1: Out of respect for Steven, rough. I am taking Buffalo minus 10 and a half because I told him Last week, if they lost three straight times as a five-and-a-half or more point favorite with me betting them, I would have to pull off just to be nice. Ironically, as Aaron Rodgers said, maybe this is the best thing for us. Maybe the best thing for them is me just not betting on them.
0: So Maybe the best thing for you is getting a fucking wide receiver. All right, sorry, while I didn't mean to no, interrupt you. No, Go no,
1: no. I absolutely get that, and you're right. I mean, it's crazy to hear them in all these – the, the, the wide receiver market that you wouldn't expect them to be we there's time to fix it but anyways that's another conversation the bills have an average home margin of victory of 34 and a half their two games Jesus <laughs> i mean i have given up trying to figure out green bay i think the problems are going to continue for all the reasons you just said and i hope i'm wrong for your sake but i don't think we will be and i'm taking the bills minus 10 and a half do you have good news for uh, Stephen there, David? Or are you going to jump on the bandwagon with us?
2: Both, I guess. I'm taking Buffalo, ten and a half point favorites and money line, but I'm going to give you some statistics that make me really doubt what I'm doing here. Since 2021, home favorites versus non-division opponents are one in nine against the spread in Sunday night football, and that trend. Literally hit last week when the Steelers covered against the Dolphins. Aaron Rodgers is at 15 and 10 against the spread as a road underdog when he's an underdog of more than three points. Josh Allen, but the, on the flip side, Josh Allen is 7-2 and 1 against the spread as a home favorite of more than seven points. So again, we have this is I hate this week a lot because I looked into betting trends and like all of them contradict each other this week. But I, I just. Aaron Rodgers historically thrives in these scenarios, but uh, Green Bay's never really been an underdog to this degree. On the other side, Josh Allen smokes teams in this scenario, and, and you know, they're the best team in football this year. Most, if not them, the Chiefs, but regardless, I think they're the best team in football this year. Given the Packers' struggles, I you know what? Given the Packers' struggles, it's just a safe bet for – for the Bills to demolish the Packers. But, you know, we all take this, and the Packers are going to end up winning this game. So yeah. there's your positivity, Stephen.
0: Hey, I'm I'm cool with taking a fat L on this
2: game if it means Green Bay wins. I love uh, that. But I you know who's that. not going to win? You know who's not going to win? Yeah, they are. No, no, no. You know who's not going to win? The Cleveland Browns. The against Browns. Against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites in Cleveland. Jamar Chase – Likely headed to the IR. Kareem Hunt rumored to be on the trade block, but the fact he isn't gone is probably more of a sign than anything else. But, you know, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I am going to start this off because I am going to get my hatred for my own team out of the way here. Cincinnati, minus three and a half, and the money line. Joe Burrow, even without his number one receiver, still has an elite receiving core, and they are going to fry the Browns. They're going to fry the Browns secondary. The Browns don't have healthy defensive ends. Their defensive tackles, I've said it before, might as well be a rotation of us three. They don't have a semblance of a linebacker. And you can't, you can't put your secondary on a fucking island for five seconds every single time they snap the ball without getting burned. So Burrow's first win versus Cleveland comes this week, and I'd be shocked if it was by less than 10 points.
1: Bengals minus three and a half. The only thing that scares me about this is Logan Wilson not being there. And it kind of worries you that Nick Chubb might be able to run all over the Bengals. That's the recipe for the, not only the Browns to keep it close, but potentially win this game. I'm not as worried as a lot of people are that Jamar chase is out Joe Burrows there. They have T Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd. They have more than capable halfback more than capable Hayden Hurst. They're going to be fine offensively. I'm going with the Bengals minus three and a half. You just can't believe Joe Burrow is going to lose to this team forever.
0: I do. Give me the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half spooky season upon us. The over is, and give me the over at 45 and a half going up against my divisional unders here, but some of them hit. Why not this one? You heard how great Joe Burrow has been playing over the last two games. I know me and Wally kind of popped off on the stats here, but the Cleveland Browns monkey is staying on Joe Burrow's back until proven otherwise not having jamar chase is going to be huge against this cleveland browns team but three and a half points in a divisional game i could see that i could see cincy winning by three i could see cleveland winning by 10 for no damn reason it's spooky season you got the browns they're already festive it's going to be a festive game there's a lot of orange david's going to get his rocks off strictly because of you know the funk sway of the of the uniforms they have going on here but you know what i'll be the confident one i'll you know, start gassing you up here a little bit, David. Give me the brownies plus three and a half. I might lose on this over, but the brownies are definitely going to cover this. With that, that's going to end here our week eight picks. Before we send you guys off here, let's make sure we run through our prop, lock, and drop it, which you already know we give you a prop of the week, a game we think it's an absolute lock and the one that we want to stay away from. So, David, I'll throw it to you to kick us off for the prop, lock,
2: and drop it. Look, my prop is is a random one in the definition of random Drake London over 33 and a half receiving yards Carolina sucks Atlanta is going to have their way that's my that's my prediction. Um, my lock for the week is San Francisco at at the Rams I we we said it, it was the easiest decision we've all made in our entire lives Shanahan owns McVay my drop is Denver versus Jacksonville because. As we all said, Jacksonville shines in London, uh, but they're both terrible teams, and I'm really tired of watching bad teams play football.
1: Plus, that way you get to sleep in on Sunday if you want. Exactly. <laughs> all right, that's perfect. Steven, you kind of foreshadowed my prop earlier. I'm taking an anytime touchdown scorer with both Kenneth Walker to third and Saquon Barkley. If you can find a way. It's the same game, so it's probably not going to happen with the parlay. But like I said last week, some apps are letting you do the same game parlays once a week. I'm taking a lock of New England minus one and a half at New York because of the same reasons that David took San Francisco at the Los Angeles Rams. The head coach owns that other franchise, and until it's proven otherwise, I'm not going to go the other way. And I'm dropping the Bears in Dallas. It's a lot of points. And a game that I simply don't want to watch that much either. So there you have it. That's my prop, lock, and drop. Steven. Let's hear yours, and let's get out of here.
0: My prop of the week, I'm going to stick on is playing the Houston Texans, take him at two touchdown scores, and that is King Henry, who owns this Houston Texans team over the last three. The lock of the week was also, David, San Francisco minus 1.5 against the Rams. We all know why. My drop of the week is going to be the Bills minus 10.5 against the Packers. For things that we said before, right when we're counting Green Bay out, these are the games that for some reason they decide to win or they decide that they want to cover – and give Packer fans like myself a little bit of hope, which I do not think is going to happen, but you never know. And that any given Sunday, like Wally said, we never really thought that meant true until this year. It is starting to ring true. With that, that is going to wrap us up with another episode of Loss of Down. Shout out to our sponsors, tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. Use promo code Football for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. And Abby Turner Creative, your one stop marketing agency for basically everything high-end fashion, photography, and more, abbyturnerphoto.com. Check it out for yourself. Check out all all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at loss of down and Twitter, down underscore loss. Before we send these people off, do you gentlemen have any parting words?
1: Fuck Penn State and buckle up. Trade deadline Tuesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're seeing the NFL really change with the way the cap is situated. It's much more like baseball and the NBA now at the trade deadline. It's going to be a really explosive weekend, so buckle up.
2: Yeah, I mean, all I got is fuck the Browns and have a great weekend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm on the same chain with the Packers, but hopefully Aaron doesn't make too many of these faces and they they come out on top. But I cannot wait for the trade deadline. This shit is going to heat up. This is always fun. The trading, the offseason, that's what's the most fun about it. New teams, new faces, new teams. We're going to get in the middle of the season and hard knocks. It's only just a week and a half away with the are Arizona you excited Cardinals. for that? Always.
1: See, I'm usually excited for preseason hard knocks. It's the in season one. It's just like I don't have time.
0: Yeah, you find time, but like I'm I'm also comparing it to last year because they did perfectly with picking the Colts and the run that they ended up going on. I don't think Arizona's gonna do that, but maybe that's just that. It's like the opposite of the Madden curse. It just gives them energy. They're like, oh, we're getting filmed like we always do because we're professional athletes. Okay, cool. And then, you know, maybe they start popping off and stringing a few wins together.
1: There'll there'll be like 20-minute segments of Kyler Murray playing Call of Duty. I'm going to be
2: honest with you. I didn't watch Hard Knocks at all, and then I made a decision to refuse to ever, ever, ever watch Hard Knocks after the Browns were on it because Hard Knocks is the reason – why every Browns fan and his mother were fighting for Jarvis Landry on the Browns and Bless that him. was it for me. Yeah. Jarvis was a, Landry was the that biggest tool in that he show. Built, he built he built an entire reputation. Cleveland loved him because of that show. His entire reputation as a locker room guy is because of hard knocks.
1: Don't forget That's your it. other guy too. Uh, what was your? De- I think it was defensive line coach. It might have been offensive line coach. Coach Miley. Oh Wiley. my! God, no, it's uh, line coach.
2: His whole fucking sit body hut. moves. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like
0: he's. Having, I don't know if he had hiccups or stroke or what was going on, but that was impressive.
2: Buddy, I don't even know if he's still alive. That guy was in serious health. Like health, you know. I don't know. Anyway, I hate hard. For knocks. some
0: reason, guys <laughs> like that can like live till they're hundred or a hundred. I just don't understand why.
1: And I don't blame you, David. I kind of was soured on hard knocks after watching every Antonio Brown debacle for about a month straight. That shit was
0: hilarious. Oh, my God. That That was was gold. That was peak hard knocks. (laughs) Oh, God. Whatever. Hey, don't be sad, Wally. Everything will be
1: okay. 7-13. and That's the combined record of our three teams. Who would have thought that going into the year? I should have thought it. I really don't want to watch my team on Sunday. This is going to be bad. Uh... Boys were buzzing that episode. That was fun. We had some good
0: energy in the gym.